Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Welcome Orange Park and Julington Creek, everyone watching online. Uh, and possibly, I believe, some of our group in our church in Zimbabwe is tuning in. It's the big shine weekend for Celebration Zim. And uh, just so thank you for tuning in today. Great to, great to be with everyone, everyone watching online as well. We're going to continue in the I Love My Church series today. But uh, before we do that, just a few things that I want to announce. This just came to our attention a couple of days ago. But are you guys ready for this? Uh, my wife, Carrie Weems. Her book, Rhythms of Grace, is gonna be on the Today Show tomorrow. How about that? How about that, huh? And uh, <clears throat> y'all know my wife is really smart. She's really smart. But, uh, but we just found that out. We didn't even know about it. It's gonna be on the uh, Today Show tomorrow with Kathy Lee. And uh, there's some books that they're promoting there. So tune in if you can do that. And then also... Um, I'm kind of announcing a quick shift here at Celebration. So um, just look at your neighbor and say, it's a quick shift. It's a quick shift. It's a quick shift happening. Okay, so um, boy, we really had a great prayer week this past week. How many of you were able to come to maybe one or two? Some, some people came the whole week, but I, I thought this was really cool. We kind of we called it. Uh, kind of last minute, I just felt like God was stirring me to really uh, establish prayer for the fall in the church. And between all of our campuses and uh, some people who couldn't make the meetings and uh, uh, attended online, uh, we had we averaged over a thousand people a day in early morning prayer, crying out to God and praying. We prayed for you. If you attend celebration, we prayed for you and and your family. We prayed for our kids and the, and the community. And so I just kind of feel uh, we, we had such great momentum from that. I wanna make a shift here at our 5 p.m. service at the arena, 5.30 service at Orange Park. But what we're gonna do is um, I'm gonna preach a different message at, uh, at our 5 p.m. service. And, and uh, we're, we're gonna have kind of some of that prayer week type atmosphere and, and just really give God a chance to move in a special way. You know, um, what I know about God, I preached a message on this, and that's this, that God is a filler, he's not a forcer. And if you want God to move, you've, you've, you've got to create some space for God. And so really all of our week is kind of filled up. The only kind of space that we can create for God to kind of do something unique and, and extra, and, and come on, maybe bring a bit of revival uh, here is, uh, is that's our 5 p.m. service. So I don't know how long we're gonna do it, but at least for the next few weeks, um, I encourage you, if you can, uh, what we call double dip. You know, usually all of our services, except for sub 30, it's same worship. It's the same message to accommodate all the people, but we're gonna, uh, we're gonna do a different message at the five o'clock. And man, if you need a touch from God, I just encourage you to come. And uh, look, I know that you know you get home Sunday afternoon and you wanna chill and all that, I do too, but I just feel like that if you will show up, God's gonna do something special in your life. And let me share this story that I just heard at, Saturday, at, at, at the last morning prayer meeting we had on Saturday morning. This uh, woman introduced me to a couple, listen to this. The girl who was, I think around 18 or, or 20 at this time, 
she's from Mexico. In Mexico, she started watching us online when she was 11 years old. 11 years old, okay? Somebody let, let her uh, you know, to our, our website and started watching us online at 11 years old. She got saved watching us online, okay? She eventually meet, it gets better, just wait, it gets better. She eventually meets a guy from Denver, tells him about the church, he starts watch, watching us online and he gets saved. Then they get married. They're living in Denver. They've moved and now they're down uh, in the Cocoa Beach area. Are you ready for this? They drive two hours every weekend to come to Celebration Church. <clears throat> so I'm just saying, when you're thinking about making that another 15 minute drive to church this afternoon, to come back to the five o'clock. Some people are coming two hours here and two hours back. I'm just saying. But isn't that a great story? It's just such a great, great story. Hey, before we dive into the, the message today, uh, a few other things uh, real quick. I wanted to kind of show you, you know, last uh, weekend we had such a, just an amazing weekend and a lot of people joining the church. I wanted to kind of give you our five values here at Celebration. These are obviously biblical values. If, if you would ask me, Stovall, what do y'all do at Celebration? Well, we really only do five things. We might do them in a myriad of different ways, but there's only five things that we do. You know, our mission statement is we're leading people to experience a God-first life. And how we do that is by helping people understand and engage in these five biblical values. There's worship. I'm going to talk about that today. There's equipping yourself. And, and Pastor John spoke about that. Man, we've got a great new group. These are our freedom groups. And these are going to come become our initial discipleship process in helping just people get free of the junk. How many of you know Jesus wants us to be free? He wants us to be free, but <clears throat> you know, but we can't do everything in a Sunday morning service in an hour and 15 minutes, you know? And, you, and, and these groups are designed to help you process things and really help you get free in Christ. So pre, please tech, check out those freedom groups uh, out there. There's a booth out there. And then of course, community, doing life with other believers and serving and missions. I just kind of wanted to bring you those five values and let you know that our culture, we've been talking about our church culture and we'll continue to talk about that in this series. Our culture is the uniqueness of how we do these things. And I'm gonna talk about worship today. I'm gonna ask you to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 11. And uh, by the way, I changed my message this morning about an hour before our 9.30 service. And uh, the message I was going to preach, I'm going to preach tonight at the five. And uh, I brought in this message. It was, I preached a version of this, I think four years ago when we were in the warehouse. But it so describes what we believe about worship and really some crucial theological uh, points about worship that many people don't understand. So I, wanna, I just want to bring this to us today in... Uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. 
Here we go, it says, let me give you some context here. Solomon has finished building the temple. They are uh, about to dedicate the temple. And this is in Second uh, Chronicles 5, 11. It says, then the priests left the holy place. All the priests who were present had purified themselves whether or not they were on duty that day. And the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Haman, Jeduthun, and all their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbals, lyres. Well, I hope there weren't lyres there, but you know, people need to tell the truth. And harps. They were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. The trumpets and singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. They raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good. Everybody say, he is good. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, at that very moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. I wanna to talk to you for a few moments about experiencing the presence of God during worship and the act and practice of worship itself. And I've entitled this message, At That Moment. At That Moment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord, in these next 25 or 30 minutes. Lord, I ask you to give my voice strength. And God, it's just gonna be a great time in your word as we understand the power of our moment with you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Okay, so now look, fist bump your neighbor, say, I need a moment. I need a moment. Even if you don't feel like you need a moment right now, you're gonna realize that you do need a moment. You know what? Uh, a few weeks ago, I started taking Krav Maga. Anybody know what Krav Maga is? It's the Israel um, anti-terrorist self-defense training. Man, it's real intense. And uh, I started taking it because I've been dealing with anger and I just wanted to beat somebody up really, really bad. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I started taking it because my son, Stovey, was really, really interested in it. I thought, okay, this is good. This is something that father and son can do together, right? Learn to beat people up together. Okay, so, so anyway, it was um, interesting. Like, like the first couple of weeks of classes, it's like a lot of punching and stuff like that. And I obviously hadn't, you know, been punching in a long time. And, uh, and the, the, the skin on my knuckles got really, really thin. And in some places you might even be able to see up here, there's kind of some, some marks there where it's still really thin to the skin. And I noticed as, as the thinner the skin got, the more sensitive to the touch these areas were. And I think what we need to realize about worship and what we're gonna see in this passage of scripture is that God wants us to get to a place where there's a thin skin between heaven and earth, where we're sensitive to the touch of God. And many times what that requires in us is, is the Bible talks about fighting the good fight of faith, that we're, we're to come in and we've kinda gotta press through our own distractions and our own issues and get to that place with God where there's a thin skin between heaven and earth where we can be sensitive to his touch. 
And this is a great passage of scripture here where we see this in 2 Chronicles chapter five. I wanna go back through it real quick. And I believe this is a beautiful foreshadowing of New Testament worship and what God wants to do in our lives every time, every time, not some of the time, but every time that we come into his presence and worship him. It says, look, then the priest left the holy place. All the priests who were present had purified themselves, whether or not they were on duty that day. Now, now, foreshadowing this, go back to that scripture. Foreshadowing this, what does the Bible say about us as New Testament believers? That what? We are a royal priesthood. That we're all priests unto our God. We're a royal priesthood. Look what it says. They, they have purified themselves, aren't you? The reason that we're able to be a royal priesthood is because we've all been purified by the blood of Jesus. Every single one of us. And because we've been purified by the blood of Jesus, we have access to God's presence by his grace at any time, in any situation. Come on, whether we are on duty or not, whether you've, you've, it doesn't matter what you've experienced, maybe this week you, you didn't, in your own mind, perform well as a Christian, Maybe some of you have, have come in here today and, and, and you have this idea like before you really press into God's presence, you gotta clean yourself up. Can I tell you this? No, no, no. If you've received Jesus, you have been purified by the blood of Jesus once and for all. And that's why, that's why the Bible says that by his blood, what? That we can have boldness and confidence and come into his presence. Listen, God accepts us because of the blood of Jesus. It doesn't matter, can I say this? It doesn't matter if, you, if you've been really good on duty. You've done your duties as a Christian. I'm telling you that God loves you. When we come into God's presence, we don't worship for acceptance. We worship from acceptance. We've already been accepted. We don't worship for grace, we worship from grace. We've already been given a position of grace by the blood of Jesus and that, that, that God's presence is available to all of us. Now this is why this is so important. If you don't have a right understanding of the love and grace of God in your life, your worship experience with God is gonna be like this. You've gotta understand no matter if you've had a good week or bad week, Man, when you come into God's presence, because of the blood of Jesus, we all have access unto him. He wants to meet with you. And I bet you there's some people today that came into church and because of something you did last week or did last night or some experience that you had, maybe you came in with some con condemnation and because of that condemnation, there was some hesitation in pressing into God. Ooh, condemnation brings hesitation. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a preacher, I'm cursed. This is what I think about all day long. Like, like words that, while y'all have real jobs, I'm thinking about words that rhyme. Condemnation, hesitation brings condemnation. Y'all are doing other things. I'm like, oh man, this thing's sensitive to the touch. Just like if we'll fight the good fight of faith, we'll be sensitive to the, t I'm sorry, I've got a disorder. I've got a disease. Somebody pray for pastor. 
I'm walking around all week thinking, okay, I, I, I got to come up with three M's. Oh, there's this, there's that. So this starts with five P's. It's a disorder. Pray for me, but look at this. Look at this. Okay, so watch this, verse 12. And the Levites who were musicians, Ryan and Marie and Matt and Dougie and Big Mo and all the team and, and, and Victor. And all the worship team, we're, we're dressed in fine linen robes. Come on, aren't you glad that we have robes of righteousness in Christ? And so look, look, they were on the, 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 the east side of the altar playing electric guitars and basses and keyboards and all that stuff. Look at this, they were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. Now I want you to think about this, think about this. Where else in the Bible do we see a powerful picture of worship where heaven is invading earth with 120 people in the room? The upper room, the book of Acts. What happens there? There's 120, and this is such a great foreshadowing of New Testament worship. What happens to that 120? They're in the upper room, in unity, praying and worshiping God, and what happened? All of a sudden, there's a thin place between heaven and earth, and God comes down in that upper room. See, here's what we forget about. When we think of the, the day of Pentecost and the book of Acts, we think about the Holy Spirit comes in and there's you know uh, the, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the tongues of fire and Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost. We forget this, watch. The Bible says when the Holy Spirit was coming, there was a sound, a sound of a mighty rushing wind. Before heaven invaded earth, watch, watch, or while heaven was invading earth, there was a sound. You see, heaven has a sound. There was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. Heaven's about to invade the temple right, right here. There was a sound. Every time heaven invades earth, there is a sound that accompanies it. This is why praise and worship is so important. That's why Jesus, remember? Jesus, heaven invading earth in the fullest sense, but the shepherds didn't have a worship team. Nobody in the manger had a worship team. So you know what God said? Listen, there needs to be a sound with heaven invading earth. He sent the heavenly host down there, remember? And they all sang and led praise and worship and said glory to God in the highest. And uh, peace on earth towards men. That's why when Jesus comes back, He's gonna come back with what? A sound. There's the sound of the trumpet. You see, heaven has a sound. That's why all the time, well not all the time, but I've had people say, well Stovall, you know when you're doing the altar and, and, and praise and worship, I mean so much of that is just emotional and it's emotionalism. No, let me tell you what it is. Heaven has a sound and every time heaven invades earth, their praise and 
worship is the sound of heaven. If you don't, if you don't have a sound, you're not going to have heaven come. That's a whole great scripture too when Jesus comes back. Look, look, three things, and this is a picture of the church. Talking about the rapture, when, when Jesus comes, watch. He's coming with the sound of a trumpet. Oh yeah, you're gonna wanna be worshiping then, let me tell you. There's the voice of the archangel. This is in 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, this is in 2 Thessalonians. Chapter four, four, verse 16. He comes with the sound, the voice, and Bible also says, and with the shout of God in the camp. That's a picture of what the church should be like. Watch, there's a sound, right? Praise and worship. We have a sound. We want heaven to invade earth. There's a voice, right? It's God's messenger preaching God's word to his people. And the people of God should celebrate the goodness of God. Come on, there should always be a shout in the camp. So guess what? We're gonna shout in just a moment. Don't do it yet. We're gonna, and I guarantee you, guess what? When Jesus comes back, Oh, you're going to be shouting, hey, don't forget me, God. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you're going to be shouting in all right. But you think about our name, Celebration Church. We, we celebrate the goodness of God. There should always be a shout in the camp. So look, even if you're reserved, watch, we're all going to shout together in just a second. Okay, like my wife, my wife is so reserved Look at her just sitting over there, just reserved as all get out. That's why we balance each other out. Uh, Kathy Lee needs to invite me to the Today Show. Okay, so look, I'm, I'm gonna help everybody out. Watch, nothing weird's gonna happen to you, okay? But I want all of us on the count of three. Come on, let's give a shout to God as we celebrate Jesus. Ready, one, two, three, come on, shout! Oh, there's a shout of God. Come on, one more time, you can do a little bit better than that. Man, doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel good? Man, get, get out of yourself, man. You know what I'm saying? Because I guarantee you, watch. I, 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 do I have some Jags fans? Jag, what, what? If you're a good fan, if you're a good fan, if you're a genuine fan, uh-oh. If I went to a Jags game and you said you were a Jags fan and the Jags scored a touchdown or they came back and won a game against their rival or whatever it was, if you didn't shout, I would doubt if you were a true fan. In fact, I would even think that you saying that you were a Jags fan was very disingenuous. <laughs> watch, watch. Well, here's, here's all I'm saying. You know what we shout about. You know what we're excited about. You know what we're emotional 
about. We're emotional about what we're passionate about. God created us with emotions, and a lot of time we underplay the value of emotions in our lives. Now watch, we're not led by feelings. We don't walk by feelings. We are led by the word of God. We walk by faith. You following me? We serve God and worship God even when we don't feel like it. However, emotions are very important, okay? Watch, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm telling you, if you don't have joy, you're gonna lose your strength in God. And the joy that God gives us, he, he, we have it in our spirit, but it is uh, manifested in our emotions. Okay, now look at, look at this right here. It says, uh, the trumpeters and the singers, okay, they perform together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. They raise, they, they raise their voices and praise the Lord with these words, he is good. That's a great song. Come on, say, he is good. Yeah. Look at this, he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Exclamation point. Exclamation point. I'm just going to say that. Looked like there was some emotion going on. All right. Look, at that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. Some translations say it like this that they could no longer stand, or no flesh could stand because of the presence of the Lord. Now watch this, this is what God wants to do in our lives every time we engage him in worship, okay? In the New Testament, what or who's the temple of the Holy Spirit? We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So what God is showing us here is that when we come in and we sincerely begin to worship God, here's what God wants to happen. He wants us to worship him free from condemnation. We've been purified by the blood of Jesus. And when we focus on him, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When we, when we go to that place and worship, God's presence is gonna fill us. God wants to have an encounter with us at that moment, not tomorrow, not next week, but at that moment, see, here's the thing about worship. Worship is one of the few Christian practices. It's not a process. It's an at that moment experience. That's why you need a moment. I need a moment. Worship is an at that moment experience. And here's what happens at that moment. At that very moment when you engage God, it says what? No flesh could stand. God's presence comes into your life or it expands in such a way where it deactivates just for a moment. It deactivates your flesh. It deactivates your sinful nature. If just for a moment, I promise you, some of you that understand this principle, you came in here today, you've been tempted by something all week, you've been frustrated, you've been in pain, you've been tired, and you got to that place and you had your moment with God in worship. And you know what, at that moment, the temptation wasn't there. It might come back next week, but not at the moment when God's presence filled your life. 
You've been sad or sorrowful. You've been experiencing pain all week, but I bet you didn't experience that pain at that moment. See, at that moment, no flesh can stand. At that moment, what God wants to do, what does worship mean? The Hebrew word for worship is kiss. That's why we sing that song face to face. What God wants to do at that moment, he wants to give you a reprieve from temptation and sin and your struggles and your pain and your hardship. If just for a moment, he wants to hug you. He wants to give you relief. He wants to give you reprieve. He, he wants to remind you that your home is not here anyway, but your permanent home is in heaven. And one day there's gonna be no more tears. There's gonna be no more pain. There's gonna be no more sorrow. Tell somebody I need a moment. What a blessing, how awesome is our God that he's given us something in our walk with him. What, discipleship's a process. Understanding ministry is a process. Uh, God's plan unfolding in our lives is a process. Our, 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 our sanctification from a growth standpoint is a process. I'm confident that he who began a good word work in you will carry it on to the day of completion. In Christ Jesus, that's a process. But guess what? Worship is a at that moment experience. No matter where I am in the process, I can have my moment with God and I can feel his presence, man, and I can get recharged and I can get energized. Here's what God wants. God wants us to become such worshipers that our flesh is in a constant weakened state. Ooh, that'll preach right there. That's why, have you ever thought about this? Do you realize when Jesus chose to teach about New Testament worship, he didn't teach the religious, he didn't even teach his disciples the first. You know who he taught? A Samaritan woman. A woman that was considered, I mean, Samaritans, and then a woman, and then she was an adulterer. She was considered an outcast. Can you imagine the hurt, the pain, the sin, the sorrow that woman was going through? And that's why Jesus taught her about worship first because he was saying, look, you need relief. You need a reprieve. You need to understand that there's coming a day when we're all gonna be able to worship God and God is gonna love you and give you a reprieve and give you relief from this life of pain and sorrow that you've been living. This is all I'm saying to you right here. If you will learn how to come into God's presence every single time that we come to church, no matter what you've done, no matter the pain going on in your life, no matter the sorrow that's happening, I'm telling you that you can have a moment with God. I'm telling you that eternity can come into your life. I'm telling you that heaven can come into your life. That, that... All right, we gotta go. Give Victor a hand.
I'm telling you that heaven can come into your life and for just that moment, you can have a fraction of a drop of a taste of what's gonna end up being an everlasting moment in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Mm. Let, me, let, me, let me show you this. And it's another reason. Look, look, fast forward, let's fast forward. Several years here. Let me read you this out of Second Chronicles. Chapter something. Chapter 20. Oh, this is good. So, so Jehoshaphat, he's, he's having to go to war. He's king of Judah. He's outnumbered. He's in a situation that does not look good. He's in a situation where he really sees no way out in the natural. He's got so many problems encircling him on every side. I wonder maybe there's a few people in here or one of our locations and you're in here today and you're in a circumstance or a situation. You're outnumbered, you're outgunned. You see no way out. You don't see how things can get better. This is where Jehoshaphat was in this passage of scripture. It says, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Remember, what did I say? Believe in God. You've got to believe the love of God. You've got to understand it doesn't matter what your circumstance is. You've got to come in and know that God not only loves you, but he's for you and he wants you to succeed. That's good preaching. All right, go. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. Look at this. So here's what Jehoshaphat said. He said, I know what I'm gonna do. There's no way in the natural we're getting out of this. Guess what? I'm calling the praise and worship team. And look what they sang. Does this, does this song sound familiar? Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Almost the exact same words that we're in 2 Chronicles 5. Now, let me give you a, a Stovall abridged uh, commentary version what I believe here. I believe, obviously, through the passing on of, of, of stories in the history of Israel. You know what I believe? I believe Je Jehoshaphat remembered what happened when in the temple they all praised God and sang that song. No flesh, the enemy of God, no flesh could stand. Look at this. They sing the song, give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Uh-oh. When? At that moment. At that moment. At the moment they begin to sing and give praise, the Lord calls the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they begin attacking each other. They just praise God. All of a sudden, God caused all the enemies to turn on themselves. Watch this. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness... Oh boy, there's a lot. Uh, okay, I got a disorder. Move on, move on. All they saw, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Here's all I want to say about this. Listen, 
Worship will change your perspective. Some of you have been in a wilderness. You've been looking from the wrong lookout point. Oh, you knew I had to go there. I just got it. You've been looking at the, from the, long, uh, the wrong lookout point because you have not been giving thanks and praise to God before you see the victory. See, here's what you gotta understand about worship. Listen, we fight the good fight of faith. We're at war, so to speak, with, with our flesh, with all the temptation, with everything that's coming against us. But look, you cannot war without worship. If you learn how to war with worship, I'm telling you, at that moment, God will come down. God will give you a new perspective. God knows how to do defeat those enemies in your life. Look. This is a beautiful picture. That's why you need to get in a freedom group. This is a beautiful picture of the role that praise and worship plays when you get free. It starts with the right perspective. So look at this. King Jehoshaphat and his men, can you imagine they didn't even have to fight? They didn't even have to take Krav Maga. <laughs> Look, they found vast amounts of iPhones and laptops and gift certificates from the town center and just all kind of good stuff. And there was even some certificates for hunting and fishing trips that they took their pastor on. And there's all kind of... Look, so much plunder that it took them three days. What's three? Three's the number of resurrection. I'm telling you, through praise and worship, before you see the problem solved, I'm telling you that God will bring resurrection power into that marriage, into those kids, into that job, into every situation in your life. I'm telling you, there's resurrection power available for you if you'll learn how to have a moment in worship. But I gotta get a look, look. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name, that, that place of victory, they called it the Valley of Blessing. But why, how did it get its name? It got its name that day because the people, not because of all the good stuff God gave them, but because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Here's what I wanna say for, for, to you. No matter what your current situation looks like, I'm telling you, if you'll learn how to praise God before you see the solution, before you see the breakthrough, before you see the miracle. It was called the Valley of Blessing because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. Here's what God is saying. If you'll just learn to thank and praise me, I will turn any bad situation into a valley of blessing. Every time you come to church, God wants to take the bad and turn it into good. Every time you come to church, you need to give God that spirit of heaviness and he'll give you a garment of praise. Every time you go to praise and worship, you need to give God your morning and he'll trade that in for some dancing. I'm telling you that any situation in your life can be turned into a valley of blessing if you'll just learn how to praise and worship God. If you'll learn how to have your moment with God. Come on, come on. I want you to have a moment. 
Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.